0: At NurseDeck, we give nurses a place to belong. Whether that's a platform to be heard or the breathing room to be accepted right where we are today, NurseDeck is proud to be built by our collective nurse voice. Our Insiders Perspective interview series showcases the true diversity in nursing experience through individual storytelling. We will hear from professionals from all walks of nursing life, in academia, at the bedside, in the C-suites of administration, and at the forefront of nurse-led innovation. Nurses are strong, but we need each other more than ever. Our stories connect and unite us, and we're thrilled to bring you a new one each week. I'm Brianna kinney Orr, and this is Insider's Perspective of Nursing, the podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to NurseDeck's Insider Perspective Interview Series. I'm your host, Brianna, and here at NurseDeck, we give nurses a place to belong to, a platform to be heard from, but most importantly, the breathing room to be accepted right where we are today. NurseDeck is built on our collective nurse voice. Today, we are proud to add the voice of Lauren Harback. Lauren is an LPN currently working with Corrections. She is one of our most active and engaged members on NurseDeck Social, and she happens to have an incredible story that she's gonna share with us today. Um, I don't wanna give too much of it away, so I will let her take it from here. Uh, Welcome, Lauren, and we are so happy to have you speaking with us today.
1: Thank you, it's good to be here.
0: So let's start at the beginning. How did you get into nursing?
1: Um, I had originally started to be a athletic trainer, but the school that I was going to lost their accreditation. Oh, geez. So I stopped going and then my husband encouraged me to become a nurse since he saw how I interacted with people. and He knew I liked to care for people. Mm-hmm. So he pushed me and gave me the encouragement I needed to start the program.
0: Awesome. Um, And then I know you're an LPN. We have a ton of LPNs in our community. Um, Was there a reason you went with that track versus nursing? This is like one of the most common questions we get um, from our community.
1: Uh, Mainly just the ease of getting into the LPN program because where I'm at, one of the medical schools has a huge wait list for their RN program. Right. So it was, let me get get in where, where I can, get the experience, and then hopefully at some point go on to get my RN.
0: Right, right. That makes sense. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about where you work, like what a day in the life is um, for Lauren?
1: Um, I work at one of the local jails in my area, which is completely different from any nursing job that I've ever did. Mm -hmm. But on the day shift, we pack all the meds for the entire day, both the nighttime med pass and the evening med pass. And on day shift, there's really not much interaction with the inmates other than giving them their medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, night shift is when we do all our history and physicals and our wound care and our answer our sick calls. So night shift is more hands-on interaction with the inmates gotcha. as opposed to day shift.
0: Yeah. Now in a jail setting are like, correct me if I'm wrong for sure, but so that's like people go to a jail while they're waiting for like their court um, proceedings and stuff like that, but they're not supposed to be housed there long-term, right?
1: Um, right. There's a few the the based on their charges that can be there for a long time. But mm-hmm. usually it's a short-term okay. stay.
0: I'm just thinking like from a nursing perspective, it's probably like like getting people's prescriptions and getting all the paperwork to that is probably there's probably like a lag time that you yeah. have to deal with and um yeah, that would probably be tricky to, to work around people that need Medicaid. I'm just thinking like when you have people admitted to the hospital, but they don't, you know, they're like, I'm supposed to be taking these 10 medications, but there's no
1: orders. And uh... sometimes they actually get arrested with their medication and bring their medication with them. But other times they're like, Oh, well, three years ago I was on this medicine. Can I start back on it now? And it's like, (laughs) no, that's not how that works.
0: While I'm here, let me update my entire medical (laughs) existence. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get into your health journey because you have one of the most unique stories um, that I've heard. Um, tell, us, tell us about your, your health journey.
1: Um, I started experiencing swelling in my right l- lower leg and numbness and tingling. And I went to the doctor and he was like, oh, you're a nurse. Wear compression socks. That's, right. all, that's all you need to do. And I was yeah. like, but it's only in one leg. And I was like, okay, you're smarter than me. You're a doctor." Yeah. Whatever, I'll try. It. And I did that and I worked probably two shifts and I got off work and I couldn't even get out of my car. My leg was so swollen and sore mm. and purple.
0: Wow. And I
1: finally went to get a second opinion and they thought, Oh, you have a DVT, even though I didn't have any of the clinical markings of a DVT. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to do like x-rays and ultrasounds and Dopplers. And they found out that it wasn't a DVT, but there was this weird oblong mass in my leg that they weren't sure what it was. Mm. So I had to go to get a biopsy done and they still weren't a hundred percent sure. So I had to go back to Nashville to wow. get a surgical sample done. Mm-hmm. And I found out that it was cancer on my birthday. Mm, on your birthday,
0: uh, oh now, my God. the
1: the doctor called me around eight o'clock local time on my birthday, which is four oh. days before Christmas. Oh, so I'm like, a call at eight o'clock at night from the doctor. It's probably <laughs> not a good sign. Yeah. Oh, so God. I was told over the phone the results of of my biopsies and everything. Yeah. And uh, we, she said that I could get treatment here locally in Johnson City. Mm-hmm. So we started all the scans in the process of being able to, what we thought would be start chemo. Mm-hmm. But after my PET scan, I got a phone call again late in the evening from the oncologist here. This says, well, good news. Your cancer is not spread anywhere else, but it appears that you're pregnant. Mm. So obviously being pregnant, you can't have chemo.
0: Yeah. So we,
1: my husband and I made the decision to attempt to do everything we could to protect the baby, Mm -hmm. which left my only option to have an amputation of my right leg above the knee. Oh
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So we went and we met with the surgeon and had the conversation and he's like, you're really calm about this. You understand everything. And then we threw the loophole of me being pregnant in to the mix of his surgical plan. Mm -hmm. And at that time, the plan was to do the amputation with me being awake. So the... I didn't even know that like a block, like a spinal block? Yeah. Wow. Because they said that that would cause less harm to the fetus and be the best fit. But one week before my surgery, I suffered a miscarriage. So that, you know, being diagnosed with cancer is super hard. And then a miscarriage obviously is super mentally draining, but dealing with all of the things pretty much back to back, it was a super rough experience for everybody involved.
0: Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. Yeah. That's uh, just like you said, I would be afraid to pick up the phone anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you know, my family and friends were awesome. My husband has been my rock through all of this. Yeah. As he's in the background smiling at me. Yeah. Um, you know, the surgery went well and everything and after my surgery i actually transferred to work on the oncology floor and the ortho floor which i stayed on wow so i was like i can relate to these patients more so yeah. than anybody can right like i've had experience on on both ends of it so i kind of know what they're going through exactly so before i went to the jail i was working you know in the hospital where i had my surgery at and everything
0: wow that's like some kind of universal kismet or something yeah
1: and so many patients and patients families were like oh you're such an inspiration you you've made it through this you have gave me hope nobody can relate to me like you can yeah right which was one of the main reasons why I wanted to work on that floor Mm -hmm. even though I didn't see myself as an inspiration because I was doing what I wanted to do I wanted to be a nurse I wanted to help people like it seemed normal for me to do that but here in you know hearing that you're an inspiration is it obviously feels good but at the same time it felt like a lot of pressure too
0: right it doesn't make it less hard right <laughs> yeah your community of real nurses is waiting for you join nurse social from nurse Deck today to connect and network with nurses from all over ask questions and share advice Only verified nurses and nursing students have access to member areas. So new nurses, veterans, mentors, and leaders are here to connect and support one another. Get rewards for participating in your community, score social points as you engage with fellow nurses, and redeem your credit to support a growing list of products and services created by other nurses. Follow topics that interest and affect you as a nurse. Your peers are creating topics and stocking them with an unlimited supply of advice and resources, and you can follow along to help build a better world for nurses everywhere. Head to social.nurstack.com to join in today. We'll see you there. How, um, walk us through the, the, the feeling you had when you were preparing to have this amputation done. Um, I mean, these events in your life that all happened, um, and the decisions that you made, um, you know, I-, I can imagine like you're second guessing and there's, you know, things that you're, you're worried about. Can you let us in on some of the, the thoughts that you were having while this was all going on in case there's people listening that have similar um, things that they're facing?
1: Well, when I first, you know, the doctor told me to wear compression socks, I was like, well, maybe I don't know my own body. Maybe this isn't real pain. Maybe I am crazy. And then when I found out it was something more, it was, I was upset at the doctor for not listening yeah. to his patient and not doing all the things that anybody in the medical field has heard. Because yeah. we always hear, you know, listen to your patients, advocate for your patients. Right. you got to be your patient's voice. Yep. <laughs> he didn't do that. So I was angry at him. Yeah but then, you know, we, we all faced it head on because, you know, it's what you have to do. This is something that I've been dealt with that. Right. The next step, you know, the surgery and the amputation to be able to move on. So I also felt relief knowing that I wouldn't be in that pain anymore, Mm -hmm. even though I didn't know what pain might come in the future. Right. At least the pain that I was experiencing at that moment would be relieved and I'd be able to, you know, play with my daughter and walk my dog and run and, have a normal pain-free lapse
0: yeah right and then as far as like post-op through your recovery period um and you know getting a prosthetic and learning to use that how were all of those transitions did you i mean i'm sure you had tons of physical therapy and i actually had no
1: physical therapy what how did you yeah.
0: learn how to use the prosthetic
1: um, just trial and error. When I went to the prosthetic office, they kind of gave me mm-hmm. tips and pointers of how to okay. do things, but most of it was self motivation and yeah. prodding from my family to get up and go. <laughs> uh, cause I went back to work on light duty just like checking blood pressures and stuff like that. So Mm. for a little bit, I was on a cane and trying Mm. to walk with a cane and push the dynamap around. Right. Was a pain in the butt. So I was like, okay, let's do, let's lose the cane. Let's just push forward and just go with it.
0: Unbelievable. I mean, I can picture like you being on a unit and I would hope nobody around there would be like, I'm having such a tough day. <laughs> like I'm tired. I mean, just the amount of I mean it did
1: happen and they looked and they saw me and they are like, Oh wait, did I just say that with her being right here? Didn't mean it. i take it back. <laughs>
0: right. I mean, I'm not one to like advocate comparative suffering, but I-, I feel like just I don't I mean, sometimes it's hard enough to get up and go to work anyway, not to mention right. like learning how to use a prosthetic and like you said like a cane and a dynamap like how how does one do that um and then just all the myriad of other things that you're doing when you're a nurse you know um that's that's incredible um what issues or or tell us what it's been like just nursing um since your amputation have you found like there's certain things you have to work around or
1: well, I'm shorter so sometimes when I have to like reach up to get stuff off the shelf I can feel my prosthetic slipping off okay like <laughs> really yeah. short people work here like lower <laughs> stuff down a little bit right and not so much in the correction setting but when I was in the hospital I had a couple of people ask me if I've had a stroke or if I've had polio cuz they don't no. know like, right they don't they don't think of a young person i guess having cancer and right. going through yeah. that and a lot of times I get thanked for my service just automatically. They think military, because again, young right. person and amputation. I'm like, no, yeah, it's this yeah. is my story. And they're like, oh man, I'm, I'm sorry. Like they don't know how to respond when they hear yeah. the true meaning behind the amputation.
0: Yeah, Un- unbelievable. I think uh, when you go through hard times and you share those with people, like you can feel the. Uh, the heart behind their questions, but the awkwardness usually they usually lead with the awkwardness. (laughs) Um, like you have gone through like, you know, miscarriage and and fertility issues and just people want to say like, I'm so sorry this happened to you, but often it comes out as at least you can try again or at "At least this, or at least that. And you're like, "Ah, I I know what you're trying to say, but it's, yeah, (laughs) I can imagine you get a lot of those, um, awkward moments with people trying to express their, their sympathy, um, but not doing it in a very supportive way. Um, What's been the most difficult part of the whole thing? If you had to land on one thing and tell us Uh, being pregnant
1: with the prosthetic is super hard. Because after uh, the surgery and everything we did find out that we were expecting again. So we had a rainbow baby was born in May. Aww. And I gained a bunch of weight when I was pregnant this yeah. time, which obviously causes swelling for people who right. aren't amputees. Yeah. So right. I had to deal with the issues of my prosthetic not fitting while being pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, dropping something and picking it up when you're pregnant is hard right. anyway. But right. then on a prosthetic, it's a whole, the whole <laughs> yeah. another level. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Now, what do you do in that circumstance? Like, do you get a different fitting for your leg
1: or how do you work around yeah, that? Yeah, they have to make a whole new socket for the prosthetic to attach to. Yep. And usually the insurance companies don't like to do that because they costly and expensive. Yeah. So they're like, well, just do what you have to do. Make it fit. Just shove it in there. Right. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's not your leg going in there. Yeah, It's like, you can only
0: do that so much. Right. Right, right. And then knowing, like, at some point, I'm gonna have this baby and hopefully my leg will go back down to another size. But you don't even know if it's going to be I mean, pregnancy does so many things to your body. So Um, yeah, amazing. Tell us um, something. I mean, you've obviously been through a lot of hardship and and come out with it still having a good sense of humor about it. Um, What's a positive thing that's come out of your experience?
1: Um I got connected with the Move for Gen Foundation. They actually oh, yeah. created me my running prosthetic. Okay. And the founder of the foundation, she actually suffered from sarcoma too, which is the type of cancer that I had.
0: Okay. And she's
1: a uh, below the knee amputee. Mm-hmm. So she does a lot of things to get prosthetics for people all over the country. Yeah. And she's teamed with other foundations to hopefully do some global stuff. Yeah. Um, each year they do have a 5k event in North Carolina where she's based out of to help mm-hmm. raise money. And I've tried to do it virtually on my own with my family. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope in the near future to go down there and actually meet her in person because I've yeah. not got to yet. It's all been like Skype interviews and zoom yep. interviews and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I really mm-hmm. want to go meet her in person and give her a hug and thank her for her foundation uh. and be yeah. given the opportunity to get the running blade because, again, insurance doesn't cover that. They right. give you just what you need to get through your basic everyday. Right. Life. Right. That's, yeah, that's, were you a runner before all of that? Oh, yeah. I just yeah. did it for fun, but yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Um, more into vlogs than pods. You can also watch these interviews. Check out Nurse Stack on YouTube for video features of these amazing nurses and more content by and for nurses. Just search Nurse Stack on YouTube to find us and get watching. Uh, the Move for Gen Foundation, what, what more can you tell us about that? I mean, you, you briefly kind of mentioned the, the girl that's behind it. Do you know how long the, it's been in existence or?
1: I think around five years. I'm not 100% sure, though, but it's it's fairly new.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think they've had three 5K events, and they also do smaller events to help raise money Yeah, to get the prosthetics.
0: That's that's awesome. And if someone is interested in, um, and we always link to all of these um, places, organizations that we talk about in here so people can get more information. Um, but is it based on, like, an application
1: process or something
0: like right, that? yeah.
1: You, it's, I think, just a one page application. They ask, you know, your goals, why you want this, what you did before. And then her and her husband actually go through and pick out the grant recipients. And then I call them and let them know that they're
0: the lucky winner. Yeah. You hear some screaming on the phone.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Usually crying. and. yeah. Oh,
0: gosh. That must be a cool um, thing to be involved with. Tell us your best piece of advice that you could offer to someone um going through a similar situation that you're you've been in
1: Just keep moving forward and keep your sense of humor, yeah, because like once you get down on yourself, everything seem can seem negative, yeah, but if you keep moving forward, even the negative you can find some humor and funniness in
0: yep, yeah, I can imagine that um we talk a lot about burnout with nurses um on these conversations that we're having i know working with corrections i mean we've all seen like the headlines with covid and and you know being in the jails and i know in the very beginning um in 2020 they were like trying to move patient or uh, inmates out of jails and stuff like that um were you working in that setting during like the beginning of covid or or what's that been like the last like year
1: um, there has been some COVID cases in the jail, but nothing super major. We actually mm-hmm. have a unit that's the lockdown unit that we can put people on to isolate right. them so it doesn't spread. Right. Um, you know, but we've had to wear the masks and stuff to protect ourselves. Just like you right. would in a nurse or a clinical setting like, like that. Yeah. Um, if an inmate comes from a different facility, we test them before they're even brought into the jail, just to make sure that they didn't get exposed while they were right. at their the other jail.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Testing is like the huge game changer for all of this. Um, yeah. Have you experienced burnout with nursing? I know you've been a nurse for like a decade. So before you even went through like the whole amputation process, were you, have you been in situations? Um, not
1: really burnout, just like frustrations with like short staffing and people yeah. not coming to work or calling it like, you know, an hour after their shift, was supposed to start to be like, hey, I'm going to be late. <laughs> you're already late, but thanks <laughs> for telling me. <laughs> yes,
0: noted <laughs> um, yeah that's that's uh, definitely something that a lot of nurses um, uh, can speak to too with like this the staffing issues and and there are hopefully people that are working um, to try to uh, how can I say this better? the the main issues that that we're dealing with, that COVID just like exploded, and staffing being one of them, where people are like, we were already working chronically short-staffed, and now you know we're dealing with people that are going out on mandatory um, quarantines and stuff like that. So um, I know from just talking with other people that that seems like one of the the big issues that are trying to use the platform of COVID to overcome now. Um, so I hope I hope that's the case because that is, yeah, definitely one of the stuff. Yeah, stresses. if
1: anything positive is going to come from COVID, maybe it's
0: that. Yeah, fixing the problems that were already there or working yeah. on the problems that were, were already there. Um, well, Lauren, I know you're a big part of our NurseX social site, which we so appreciate. Um, we always like to leave off these conversations and ask, um, you know, your thoughts on community or if you have any messages for nurses working right now um advice anything the, the floor is yours
1: just to stay positive and support your coworkers. yeah um because we all have those days where we just want to give up or we want to go you know in the corner and cry yeah. it's okay if you do that just don't keep doing it and just yeah. keep keep moving forward and over try to stay happy and positive and it'll get better hopefully yeah
0: and if we're not we're all here (laughs) um well awesome thank you so much for sharing your story um we will provide links to um the foundation that we talked about today and to some other information um and if any nurses want to get in touch with you we'll have ways to do that on our nurse tech social site so sounds um, good yeah thanks so much lauren it was awesome talking to you today Good talking to you, too. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: This has been a Nurse Deck production hosted by NP Jamie Smith and RN Brianna kinney Orr. This episode was produced and edited by Juan Paolo Toison and Julia Taliesin. Join us on social.nursedeck.com to connect with podcast hosts and guests and experience a truly nurse-centered online community. Thank you for listening.